0: Live Above the Noise, the Choiceful Family Podcast.
1: We're calling it Choiceful because it involves a funnel of three concepts. Awareness at the top, ability in the middle, and control at the bottom. Now, the funnel means this. It means that you've got to be aware before you can develop certain abilities. And you have to be aware and develop those abilities before you can use the abilities to control your life and maximize the control you have in your life.
0: Welcome to Live Above the Noise, the choice full family podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Yurcha, and I'm here with my podcast partner, developmental and educational psychologist and media expert, Dr. Rob Breyer. And this is episode number 30. In today's world of ever-increasing noise, developing choicefulness is the key to creating safer, happier, and more meaningful lives for ourselves, our children, and our families. That's what this podcast is all about. Featuring today's top experts, it has one aim, helping us develop the awareness, abilities, and control we need to become more choiceful. Now, in our last episode, we had a wonderful conversation with renowned educational psychologist, Dr. Michelle Borba. And we talked about the critical importance of helping children develop empathy and why developing a healthy sense of empathy is a key predictor of which kids will succeed and thrive in the future. In today's episode, we're going to do something that we haven't done before. And that is feature parts of two of our most important earlier episodes, episode 9, and episode 10. And the reason we're doing this is to refresh our understanding of some really important insights for parents and families, insights that are essential to what we plan to bring you next. Because at the end of this episode, we're going to tell you about our following episode, which will utilize these insights to offer you a unique, fun, and really creative activity that you and your family can participate in during this anxious pandemic time. An activity designed to strengthen and support family connection and foster the development of choicefulness. So please, listen for that at the end of this episode. And now, here's Rob from Episode 9 as he begins by talking about self-management and inside communication.
1: Well, my understanding and research and own personal experience in my own life was the catalyst for looking carefully at what were the critical things along the way that I understood about how growth occurs and how growth was occurring with students that I was teaching. And the critical thing was the self-reflective skill, the ability to think about my own thinking. That's self-management. If I don't have that skill because I'm absorbed in other things and I can't spend the time in managing myself, I don't have the power I need to succeed and fulfill my life. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. To gain control in this world, you need self-management. Self-management allows you to manage the world outside you as well as inside you and without those self-management skills, you cannot get to where you would hope you would be someday in the future. You absolutely cannot reach that goal. And so understanding that from a personal point of view, from experience with students, and from looking at what's breaking down currently in society and how tech media and consumerism has affected that, it's the thing that needs to take place now now is a shift toward those kinds of skills.
0: So how does lacking this inside communication skill, which is a self-management skill, relate to the problems that parents are dealing with in their kids' use, misuse, or overuse of tech, media, and consumerism? Well, what we're seeing happening is that if I am
1: distracted by things going on around me, by tech, media, and consumerism, I have a choice to either pay attention to what it is that drives me, my needs, my wants, my motives, what I love, what my passions are, which is basically communicating with myself inside, or I have a choice of spending my time and energy on the outside of me, paying attention to what others want me to do and what the consumer world wants me to do, and how manipulation of my drives and needs and wants is occurring based on what's going on outside. So what we're seeing today is to the degree that this outside communication that's based on tech media and consumerism continues to escalate and the power continues to grow and the manipulation continues, that what we're doing as people is we're being drawn outside ourselves to that outside communication and we're losing our inside communication. We call this the center point, which is the ability to move inside and outside and communicate with yourself on the inside and outside. This is the key critical difference in this period of our time right now because the outside communication is becoming more compelling and also drawing us away from our inside communication. You see it hundreds of examples of this, you know, especially if you're a teacher and you're, you're in a classroom and you see students struggling with something that takes inside communication that in the past used to be relatively easy. Do this assignment. Here's something that you can do. Figure this out. Pay attention to a creative act. Do some critical thinking. And what you get often, even at a university level, is that's hard. That's hard. That's an amazing thing that's happened because basically what they're saying is inside communication, which we talked about in earlier podcasts that occurs by the brain rewiring all the time and building that inside communication. Inside communication becomes harder, more difficult, and it's not as fun as outside communication, which is entertainment oriented. So this center point of being able to move into inside and into outside at will is really being shifted more toward the outside. And this becomes a major problem in society because you lose the tools that are necessary for the future if you're not paying attention to what's going on inside you.
0: So what you're really saying then, I think, is that By not really knowing ourselves, we're more susceptible to the influences that are trying to manipulate us. And in addition to that, by not knowing ourselves, we're giving up the opportunity to develop our own unique potential and those types of things that lead us toward our own individual happiness and meaning and fulfillment. Is that what you're saying, that by being so drawn to the outside, we never actually get to know or follow who we really are?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, So society has created the outside communication as what's good and the inside communication as relatively unnecessary. And it's only a percentage of people that are starting to understand that their stress and anxiety can be altered if they develop those inside communication tools. But in general, society does not promote that. So this is the absolute core necessity now is to understand this center point shift and be able to work on those inside tools so you can develop everything that's possible within your full potential.
0: So along the lines of this inner communication, the first life choice skill is what we call center point communication. So can you give our listeners a little bit of an introduction to center point communication and why that's so important and why that's the first skill that we'll be talking about?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we can think about is children have this intuitive, natural sense of play. And when they're young, they play by themselves. They can fantasize. They can go inside. They don't have the higher developed reflective skills yet, but they do have the skills to take themselves into their inner world, their imaginative world, their creative world. They have those skills. And that's inside communication. That should stay with you all the way through life if you can maintain that inner sense of play, imagination, critical thinking. If you can maintain that, then you have the chance to be successful and fulfilled in life. So the center point, think of it as a horizontal line. On the left side of the line at the end is your inside communication. On the right side of the line at the end is your outside communication. The center point is a giant dot right in the middle. Now, what you want to do as a parent and as a human is understand that you have both tools available. You can go to the left to inside, or you can go to the right to outside. If you look at somebody that hasn't developed any form of balance, somebody could be living on the inside communication. That dot could have gone all the way to the left, and they're staying at home, they're self-absorbed. They don't communicate with anybody. All they do is think about their own life. They may be narcissistic or self-centered. So the center point has shifted too far to the left, and they don't have the ability to deal with people. On the other hand, if the center point shifts all the way to the right, and you're outside yourself, you're dealing with the outside world, and you lose the ability to get back to the middle and to move to the left, you don't have that skill left then that doesn't work either. So what we're going to be advocating is a very simple idea, which is horizontal line, inside communication to the far left, outside communication to the far right. Develop both of those skills. That's called your center point. And as you grow older, you maintain the things that you start with, the ability to have fun, to play, to be imaginative. And you add to that your additional external sources of communication as you grow older and older. But
0: you don't lose that inside communication. So how do you develop at those earlier ages, the protective qualities so that kids don't go down the road of overuse and excessive use and addiction and get into toxic tech, media and consumerism? How do you do that?
1: Well, I think one of the things that needs to be understood, if you understand that center point communication is the goal, and tech is occurring in the world outside you, then the compensatory strategy is to begin as early as possible, balancing that with something on the inside. So that's why entertainment is a good solution, because you have good stories you have good books, you have good videos, you have good forms of screen time, but those forms of screen time are not being used to develop that inside communication. They're sitting there as outside communication. I don't recommend tech time for younger kids when you mentioned three year olds I'd say stay away as as long as you can unless you're very, very selective about how you use something that you can translate into inner center point communication. And that's very doable if you will understand where the power is of the entertainment or the story, especially stories. So if your child loves a character, that to me is a wealth of richness, whether that character is on an outside screen or that character is in a book It's like, what do you do with the character? Do you allow your child just to love the character? Or can we do more with that character? Can we do things where we ask questions? What would that character think? What would that character do? What's that character feeling? How would he handle this situation? All those things are possible working off of something that is already very, very valued and very compelling to a child. But if it sits there and it's simply a matter of becoming outside communication with no additional agenda placed on the use of the character, then you don't get the value that's possible from the entertainment medium. So at very young ages, there's a lot of things that can be done with stories and characters and plots and themes where the child is involved in helping you create something new or understanding something from their inner
0: communication. But these are things that the parent has to guide, aren't they? Yes. You can't just rely on the fact that you're buying some app and that it's supposed to be good for your child. You you just can't rely on that.
1: No, that's not the way to do it. I think that in terms of the steps that you take, The the step that's missing is the first step, which is like that we have two ways to communicate and the power of the outside communication must be balanced with the power of the inside communication. As long as that step is not in place and there's no awareness of that and we're still buying into the worldview, the consumer worldview, that it's outside you, that it makes you feel good if it's outside you, that has to be changed. That's the first step that you must take as a parent is understand you need to create some form of balance between inside and outside communication.
0: So what you're saying is that our children are growing up without the ability to balance themselves. It's
1: exactly what I'm saying. And it doesn't hit until you get out of high school. And now you're out on your own. Now you're supposed to be autonomous and go find a job and have the skills necessary to find that job and create your future and enter the future in the way that you hoped you would, that your goals and objectives would be met. If you can't do that because those skills are not developed, you're sitting at home wondering, what do I do now? I can't get a job. I'm on my own. But the part about that that's so tricky is you don't even have skills. You have to be creative. You have to understand yourself. You have to be able to figure out what your best qualities are and how to develop those things. And at the same time, you're stuck without those skills, period. You are stuck. So fulfillment then is at risk. You take jobs, uh, whether it's uh, you know a side job, a substitute job to get by, and at the same time, there is pain underneath that because of the lack of fulfillment. And we're seeing that with regard to suicide, depression, and anxiety in the culture. We're seeing it among youth much more. So it's all showing up and we're seeing it happen in front of us. And at the same time, the solutions that are being offered are not adequate enough to understand how this really works and what to really do.
0: And now moving into episode 10, Rob and I talk about entertainment a method developed by Dr. Ryer, based on his 40 years of experience and research as a developmental psychologist working at the highest levels of the entertainment industry. Here's Rob.
1: Entertainment is defined as choice-full entertainment. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, we're calling it choice-full because it involves a funnel of three concepts, awareness, at the top, ability in the middle, and control at the bottom. Now, the funnel means this it means that you've got to be aware before you can develop certain abilities. And you have to be aware and develop those abilities before you can use the abilities to control your life and maximize the control you have in your life. So, choice, full entertainment. Is involved in developing and looking at all three of those dimensions. How do I increase my child's awareness? How do I teach my child certain things about their abilities? And how do they learn to use their awareness and abilities to gain more control and build a story that is fulfilling and
0: leads to success in their future? And one of the most important components of entertainment is that it is motivating to our children. Rob, why is motivation so important?
1: Because the key to understanding your child, really, the core element that you really, really need to pay attention to is motivation. And entertainment gives us a window, an opening into motivation that other forms of learning about yourself and about psychology and strategies don't do that. They're relatively academic. But by looking at it through the window of entertainment, We can find out things and talk about things as a family and introduce ideas into our family discussion through entertainment. It's the perfect, I mean, perfect medium to understand ourselves if and only if we take the medium and use it in different ways than we're using it now. Think about it this way. If your child goes to school and someone is saying, Um, okay, what you need to do is develop this particular skill. Now, why would I do that? Unless I was either afraid of the teacher, had to get a grade for doing that. But what's the inside motive for developing the skill that's being suggested? Most often, it's an outside kind of behavior training that takes place. We're looking for things that naturally motivate. That are fun, they're enjoyable, they're a part of what a child loves, and then turning those things into learning about yourself and about the world around you. So, the importance of motivation as a starting point is to say, how can we find those things to get involved in without having to train somebody or discipline somebody? or work at it from the outside. Again, that's another perfect example of, is it outside communication? Are we having the teacher give you a grade or train you, or is it
0: intrinsically motivated? And to continue, Rob goes on to explain a framework called the Motivational Theater, which we also call the Choiceful Theater, a unique and engaging way to better understand and connect with your children and family. Here's Rob.
1: Well, think about every human being has a story that they are telling, whether they realize it or not. They're developing their own story, which is going to wind up someday as their legacy or no legacy. But whether you know it or not, you're creating a story. So on the front stage, we're looking at what's in that story spotlight here and now in your life and in your family's life. And that's going to be different for each of the family members, their front stage will have their story being done with the issues that are related to their story in this time and space. And all family members will be in a little different place with regard to the front stage. But it's here and now what's going on.
0: Okay, so the front stage is what's happening in our children's lives and our family's lives right now in the present. What's the backstage
1: So if you notice what happens in our lives, two things first of all happen is life goes on consciously. We're aware of things while simultaneously things are going on unconsciously that we're not aware of. What that means or translates into is the fact that our backstage is the subconscious areas of our life that we forget. It's our past experience it's our individual differences, it's all those things that sort of drop down into the subconscious that we forget about. And they all are relevant sooner or later in some front stage dimension of our life. But they sit back there under the hood subconsciously, and they can wreak havoc if we're not aware of what's going on in that backstage. Why, for example, do many parents not identify a child's multiple intelligence skills, talents, passions that are all buried in the backstage? What happens to those? If you don't identify them, if the ability is not brought out through the awareness, then some of those become dormant and they're not used to move a child into the future stage because nobody addressed them. They remain quiet, hidden, and silent in the backstage. So when we develop this motivational theater idea, the idea is that you always have a backstage, you always have a front stage, and you're always moving toward the future stage. But if you don't include the backstage, you're going to be unaware of certain factors in your life that really alter the front stage and the future.
0: Now, I noticed that you mentioned the future stage. Where does the future stage fit into the motivational theater?
1: The future stage is where you're headed based on what's going on on your front stage. You're already moving toward a future. You have your goals. You're creating that future in real time on the front stage. You haven't arrived yet, but the reason it's critically important to understand is that If my awareness and my choicefulness is being diminished on my front stage and I'm not as aware or I don't understand my abilities or I'm not developing forms that will help me control my life in the future because of tech media and consumerism, then my future stage is not being developed the way it could be developed if I was more aware, had my abilities more and control
0: more intact. So that's the future stage. But how do these stages of the motivational theater, the front stage, the backstage, the future stage, how do they relate to all of the noise that we face every day, all of, the, all of the pressures from tech, media, and consumerism that all of us, including our children, face every day? How does the motivational theater help us with that?
1: Yeah, so think about noise being on the front stage, a lot more noise than we've ever had before on this front stage, are you distracted by the noise? Are you disrupted? Are you paying attention to certain elements from your past that are necessary to understand? For example, do you understand your talents and your passions? Those are in the backstage. And on the front stage is all this distraction going on, all this interference with you and your understanding of who you are and how to pay attention to what makes you tick and how to draw upon those elements that are from your backstage or to revise those elements in a way that work for you in the future. So today's world, it makes it especially necessary to understand certain things about your backstage that you can draw upon to increase your potential on the front stage and the future stage. So let me give you one example of that. As a parent, many parents don't understand their child's passion. The passion sits most often in the backstage. It's often out of sight. It's something that motivates a child to do things without even thinking about it because they're so excited about it. That's back there in that backstage. If you don't think about that as a backstage element that you want to draw into the front stage so you can use it to increase your child's motivation, whether it's school or academics, or a job, or the future. It's the critical thing that lies often in the background. And that's why today it's important not to neglect all
0: three of the stages. So that's the motivational theater. And in order to best utilize this framework, we are suggesting that families form what we call the family story team. Now, the family story team is created to support their children's development, and help them develop higher levels of awareness, ability, and control, which of course is choicefulness. Now the story team can be large or small. Usually it consists of, and is led by, a parent or parents, but it can also include other family members, brothers and sisters, friends, or anyone really who is committed to the child's healthy development. So Rob, what can you tell us about the story team, and how it relates to these uh, challenges that families face with regard to tech, media, and consumerism.
1: We've explained the power of tech, media, and consumerism and how the speed of change is making that more and more powerful. So that's a force. Tech, media, and consumerism, a force. And that force has a story based mostly on how they make money for them, their story. So where does that leave the family? The family has a set of values that they're trying to, they're trying to have their children learn. Tech media and consumerism may not be in a line with that set of values. So their story, tech media and consumerism may be antagonistic. So the story team has to consist of the integrated group of people that believe in the values that they want to develop in their children and in their family. So we think of that as our story being the family, pulling together the story team to develop that story and to be able to understand how that story is more important than the story being created by tech, media, and consumerism.
0: So forming a family story team is really about using entertainment to support and encourage the child's development so that they have those skills and tools in place to be able to create the best possible story for their life, their life and their future, isn't it?
1: Totally, yeah. And that's the whole idea of the team, is we're here to understand you at your age and stage and what it's about for you. And if we can get to that place using entertainment, Then there's an open door for expanding development and ideas. And I'd like to add one thing to that, Wayne, which is what makes this different? So the old ways of teaching children, uh, which is do this, do that. This is right. That's wrong. That's one way of doing it. That's the direct way. But there's another way to do this, which is the indirect way is to use what the child already loves, is motivated by, and use that material like their entertainment that is interesting to them and do it indirectly by creating a story team of people that understand what the child is dealing with, why the child is involved in the entertainment, what they're getting out of it, what their motives are, what they see, even if it's radically different than what the adult is seeing, because you can learn a great deal from just watching what it is that a child identifies with and connects with. That's the whole idea of doing it indirectly, building a story team that gets this, that says, you know, I want to learn about what's going on with my child, but I can't get to it if I can't motivate them or get them interested in my ideas directly. So let me take a look indirectly by understanding what their ideas are, and then I can begin to work with that as long as I know what that is. So there's a lot of possibilities once that door is open with indirect forms of communication.
0: So once again, those excerpts were from episodes 9 and 10. And as I mentioned in the introduction, we're going to utilize the concepts and methods you just heard about in a really engaging and fun way in our next episode. Episode 31 is called the Family Entertainment Challenge, and it's going to feature well-known voice actress and director Tracy Moore. Tracy was the voice of Cher Bear, Princess Toadstool, George in George Shrinks, and she was the original Sailor Moon, along with many other roles. And she's going to give your family and children an exciting workshop in how to create a fun two- to three-minute audio story with characters, voices, and sound effects just like in your kids' favorite animations. We hope that you'll get creative and develop and record your own inventive story as a family activity. You'll then be invited to send your audio story to us, and two stories will be chosen to play on one of our future episodes. And those families chosen will also get a special individual virtual workshop with Tracy. Now, like all entertainment... The underlying purpose of this activity is to help develop choicefulness, awareness, abilities, and control. So in this episode, Dr. Ryer, who as a developmental psychologist has consulted with companies like Marvel and Nickelodeon and worked on projects like SpongeBob and The Land Before Time, is going to talk about character power styles, a topic directly related to helping your children develop self-management skills and to understanding personal strategies to deal with bullying. So to sum it up, our next episode is designed to help open the door for you, to engage and communicate with your children on a different level, using indirect communication to discover their motivations, understand them better, and connect with them better. And just a reminder, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast providers. So until the next episode. Thank you for listening, and live above the noise. Hello, everyone. If you'd like to get our email update about new episodes and all the latest information, please sign up for our Noise Watch update on our liveabovethenoise.com website.